Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. So there in your outline, the first thing we see is that Moses held his personality in his hands. You know, when Moses said it's a rod, he was referring to a shepherd's staff. This shepherd's staff was about six feet long. It was used in a variety of ways by the shepherds. It was used to guide. It was used to lead and protect the sheep. It was used to protect the shepherd and help him climb up and down the steep hills. It was used to defend the flock uh, from the enemies. It was used uh, to, uh, to, to uh, ward off the attacks of the animals. It was used uh, to, to, uh, as a weapon to, to those who were threatening uh, the flock. You know, Moses depended on this staff. He depended on this rod every single day of his life. You know, that rod identified Moses as a shepherd. Uh, when people saw the rod in his hands, they would automatically know that he was a shepherd. Uh, they would automatically know that he was a shepherd uh, watching over his sheep. You see, the thing that you cling on to and the things that you are holding on to identifies who we are. You see, that rod represented all that Moses possessed. That rod represented everything that Moses had. He didn't even own his own sheep. It belonged to his father-in-law Jethro. And all Moses possessed was that rod, that stick, that shepherd's staff. It represented his identity. It represented his livelihood. And that rod constantly reminded Moses that he had never reached his full potential in the Lord. As a matter of fact, 40 years later, God had moved in the heart of Moses to deliver Israel from Egypt. Back then, Moses, the Bible says it, ran ahead of God, took matters into his hands. And because he did, he felt like he had wasted the only opportunity to serve the Lord. You see, Moses had come to believe that he was worthy of being no more than a shepherd. That stick told Moses, that rod told Moses, you are nothing but a shepherd keeping another man's flock. Don't let the enemy identify who you are. Don't let the enemy whisper in your ears to tell you who you are. You see, your worth is measured in God's love. I said, your worth is measured in God's love. You are worth more than any treasure on this earth. And can someone say amen? amen? You see, like Moses, we hold on th to things in our hands. We are clinging on to things. Some things are good and some things are bad and some things are evil. So my question for you today is, what are you holding on to? What are you clinging on to? What is it that you don't want to let go? Is it your past? Is it your past sin? Is it some hard feelings over, over things people have said to us? 
Are you holding on to unforgiveness? Are you holding on to sorrow? Are you holding on to feelings of inadequacy? Are you, feeling, are you holding on to negativity? And even are you holding on to talents and abilities or accomplishments? You see, all these things, whether they are good or whether they are bad, identify us and control us. And we come to depend on those things we cling to. We come to depend on those things that we hold on to. And a lot of times we think we can't even live without them. You know, they become an integral part of our lives. And like a shepherd who leans on that staff, we lean on the things in our hands. And we learn. We lean on those things we cling to. We lean on those things that we hold on to. And we believe that that's all we'll ever be. But you see in our text, God is going to use Moses to teach us that we can rise above those things that we are holding on to, those things that we are clinging on to. You see, what we hold on to does not have to hold on to us. Can someone say amen? We must learn to give it over to God or we will never move forward in the kingdom of God. We must learn to surrender those things to God or we will never move forward in the kingdom of God. We must learn to give them over to God or we will never advance spiritually speaking. What we need to do is let go and let God because there are some things that we are clinging on to that doesn't allow us to move forward in the kingdom of God. But I got a word for you this afternoon. Let it go and let God. Give it over to God and God will bless it for His honor and for His glory. Can someone say amen? What are you holding on to? this afternoon or this morning that doesn't allow you to move forward in your marriage, that doesn't allow you to move forward spiritually, that doesn't allow you to move forward in the things that God wants you to do, let me remind you that you need to give it over to God because what's holding you is a thing that you are clinging on to. Let go and let God take care of that situation. Can someone say amen? amen. Moses held his problem in his hands. Praise God. You know, when Moses heard the Lord's question, it must have stabbed Moses in his heart. When the Lord asked Moses, Moses, what is in your hands? Praise God. Moses answered, Lord, it's just a rod. It's just a simple, a, a simple staff. It's just a stick. Moses, have, Moses, have had, Moses might have remembered the time when he held a scepter in his hands. Surely Moses went back to the times when he was in the palace of Egypt, when he was being uh, uh, trained and educated to be a pharaoh. Moses might have remembered the time when he held the world in his hands. Now he has nothing but a rod. He has nothing but a dead, dry stick. Praise God. God knew what Moses had in his hands. God was not asking for instructions. God was asking for information. God was asking Moses to carefully consider the things he held in his hands. You see, in Moses' life, the thing he held also held him. Can someone say amen? You see, that rod, that stick that Moses carried in his hand, 
identified Moses. And that rod also represented all the problems in Moses' life. You know, that rod reminded him that Moses used to be a prince. That rod reminded him that he was just a servant. That rod reminded him that he was poor and owned nothing. That rod reminded Moses that he, his life was filled with vast potential at one time, but now he is merely a has-been, a washed-up nobody tending to someone's sheep in the backside of the desert. You see, all the things that I have mentioned, they have the ability to define us, don't they? Our sins our past, our hurts, or negative feelings of others. Let me tell you, they all impact our lives and how we relate to others around us. They even determine how we serve the Lord, praise God. And if we allow those negative aspects in our lives, they are going to control us. They're going to control you. And we will stand in the way of what the Lord has done in our lives and God's will for us. You see, even the positive aspects of our lives, like our talents and our abilities, you know, they become liabilities when we depend on those things instead of depending on the Lord. And I would like to remind you that we are controlled by nothing and no one but the Lord Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? So what are you holding on to this morning? What are you clinging on to? What are you holding on to? What is it that doesn't allow you to move forward in the kingdom of God? What is it that you have that doesn't allow you to move forward in the kingdom of God? Is it some attitude? Is it some activity? Is it something that defines you? Let me tell you, the only thing that should define each and every one of us is that we are children of a most high God. That's the only thing that should identify us. Can someone say amen? We should be identified as people of God. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. And my question is, what are you living for? What are you living for? Whatever it is. Let me tell you, it reveals your personality. Whatever it is, let me tell you, it controls your life. I don't know how many know what I'm talking about this morning. You see, some people can't even worship God. They can't even praise God because they are filled with bitterness over someone or someone or something they said about them. Some people can't even come to church and worship the Lord because everything in the church hasn't gone their way. Oh, the music is not right. The singers don't sing the old songs. The preacher can't preach. They won't come to church because they believe that everything in the church is wrong. Let me tell you, and I've heard this over and over and over and over again, Brother Steve. There's no perfect church, but there is a perfect God, and that's the God that we serve this morning. And if you came to critique the music, if you came to critique the pastor, if you came to critique my wardrobe, then you are in the wrong place because we come to this place to worship, to honor, to praise, to magnify the name that is above every name and his name is Jesus Christ. 
I don't know what's controlling your life, praise God. Under, others are hindered because they think they are the best at what they do. Praise God. Yes, I've heard this over and over, and I've been in ministry for a while. And let me tell you, they think they're the best at what they do. And I've heard this over, I'm going to leave the church because they don't appreciate me. Oh, I'm going to leave the church because, because nobody, they don't put me to sing. By the way, I like to sing, and I've been telling Raina to put me on the, uh, <laughs> the worship team. <laughs> Praise God. I've heard this over and over. They think that they are the best at what they do. I've heard this, oh, I'm going to leave this church, and they're going to regret not treating me right. They're going to regret not treating me right, and they leave the church. Let me tell you that this church is not mine. This church is not Nestor's. This church is not yours. This church was bought, paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you come to this church or not, it doesn't make a difference because God gets all the glory. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter, amen, who gets the credit so long as God gets the glory, praise God. And that's who we are, and that's what we come to do, not to please you, not to please me, but to please Him who has given us everything. Hallelujah, salvation in Jesus' name. Someone give God a hand, praise. Praise God. Others are hindered because they think that they're the best what they do. You know, they're filled with pride over their abilities and, and accomplishments. You know, they think the church is not going to survive without them. Praise God. Yeah. And I don't mean to offend you, but if I do, get over it. <laughs> let me tell you. And let me tell you this. God does not need you. Nobody said amen. God does not need you. We need God. Come on. God does not need your worship. We need to worship God. God doesn't need your praise. We need to praise God. God doesn't need for you to come to church. We need to come to church. Doesn't the Bible say for every beast of the field is mine and a cattle of a thousand hills? Let me tell you, God doesn't need you. We need God. We need to worship Him. We need to praise Him. We need to come to His house to acknowledge His presence. Someone give God a praise. Hallelujah. You know, they don't, they don't even recognize that the fact that their achievements and their liabilities have become a hindrance in their lives. What are you living for? What are you clinging on to? What is it that doesn't allow you to move forward in the kingdom of God? There in your outline, Moses held his potential in his hands. When Moses objects to the call of Moses, to the call of God in his life, you know, God uses a series of miracles to teach Moses the truth that God will go with Moses to Egypt and that God will work through him. And so the first thing is that rod becomes a serpent and then the Bible says it becomes a, a rod again. Second, Moses' hand becomes leprous. 
and then it becomes clean again. Third, God tells Moses that he is able to turn the water into wine. And all of these miracles that I have mentioned are designed to comfort Moses and to teach Israel that Moses is truly indeed the man that God has called to deliver them. Moses is commanded to take the rod. And the Bible tells us that God told him, cast it to the ground. And when Moses does, the Bible says it turns into a serpent. And Moses runs away from the serpent. My wife is scared of snakes. Anybody else? You know, this tells us that it was probably not an ordinary snake that Moses encountered day by day as a shepherd. Most likely it was a cobra. And cobras were worshipped as gods, as, as gods by the Egyptians. As a matter of fact, if you look at the, the pictures, the pharaohs carried a cobra around their neck. And see Moses take the stick and turn it into a cobra would be a commentary both to the Israelites and to the Egyptians. And it would tell them both that, that the God of Moses was the most powerful God of the Egyptians, praise God. And let me tell you, Brother Steve, we worship a powerful God. Amen? We worship a powerful God. Hey, we, we got the greatest force in the universe, praise God. Our God is powerful. Our God is mighty. Our God is awesome. And that's the God that we are serving this morning. And our God should be a testimony to this world that we are truly His people. That our God is a God of miracles. Someone say amen. That our God is a God of impossibles. That our God is a God of supernatural. I don't know how many believe that, but we serve an awesome God. Can someone say amen? Here's the point. To Moses, that rod was nothing but a tool. To Moses, it was nothing but a dead, dry stick. To Moses, it was just a weapon. It was a necessary part of life. It helped him. It supported him. It helped him protect and guide the, the flock. It helped him in many ways, day by day. And to Moses, it was just a dead, dry stick. Oh, but when that stick was given over to the Lord, it became a living thing. Hallelujah. It became a thing of power that God used to defend the Israelites' army and to glorify God. You see, God took that insignificant stick and worked wonders with it. You see, what you are clinging on to, what you are holding on to, what you won't let go, God can use it for His honor. God can use it for His glory. I believe it's time for 2020, amen, to let it go and let God, so that God will manifest His blessings and His power upon your life. Can someone say amen? When that stick was given over to the Lord, hallelujah, it became a thing of power. 
It was used to confront the, the Egyptian soothsayers. It was used to turn the water of Egypt into blood. It was used to bring forth the plagues of frogs. It was used to bring forth the plagues of life, lice. It was used to bring forth the plagues of thunder and lightning. It was used to call the east wind and blow the plague of locusts. It was used to part the Red Sea. It was used to bring water from the rock in the desert. And it was used to, to give Moses victory over the Amalekites. And I'm almost done. And verse 4 tells us that the Lord told Moses, Put forth your hand and take it by the tail. It turned into a snake. And people who work with snakes, now you watch the uh, National Geographic, right? You know that you never grab a snake by the tail, right? Now they, grab, they grab it by the head. You know, you grab it by the tail and it's a recipe for disaster. Right? You should always grab it from behind and I'm not going to grab any snakes. <laughs> Praise God. But Moses was commanded to take that snake by the tail to teach Moses that he can trust the Lord fully and absolutely. And when Moses obeyed God, the serpent became a dead stick once again. You see, God took that stick, that weak, powerless, dead stick, and used it in a mighty, powerful way because Moses gave it over to the Lord. Moses yielded to the Lord. You know, had it remained in Moses' hands, it would have held no power. But it would have held power over his life. But because he yielded to the Lord, because he gave it over to the Lord, he was free from its power over him, and he was free to use it for God's glory. And God's power. Amen. Praise God. I don't know what you're holding on today. I don't know what you're clinging on to today. But I do want to tell you, give it over to the Lord. Give it over to God. Because it's becoming a hindrance in your life. It holds you back from bringing everything you could be in the Lord not only does it hold you back but it also affects your family it affects your children it affects your husband your wife it even affects your church give it over to God give it over to God give it over to the Lord that sin that sin that you refuse to abandon to the grace of God, let me tell you that it's a dry stick. But when you give it over to God in confession and in repentance, it becomes an opportunity for God to display His grace and His forgiveness and His restoration in your life. Give it over to God. Don't cling on to it. That bitterness over some past wrong you feel that you have suffered because of, of what someone said to you or, or someone did to you. Give it over to God. Give it over to the Lord. It's a dead stick. 
But when you bring it to God, He is able to deliver you from the bondage that you're in and restore you and place you in a a place of blessing. Give it over to God. Give it over to the Lord. That negative spirit you possess. Yes. That negative spirit that you possess that causes you to look at at the bad in everyone and everything. Let me tell you that it's a dead stick in your hands. But when you bring it over to the Lord, when you give it over to the Lord, He is able to give you a different perspective on people and events. And He is able to free you from the bondage that holds you. Let it go. That sorrow that you feel that has allowed you to shape your life and steal your joy is a dead stick. But bring it to God. Because God has a purpose even in your pain and even in your suffering and even in your trial. And He will teach you the truth that God has more to give you than what we can ask for. And yes, even that ability that you have that you think you're so proud of and that you think the church is not going to survive without you. Let me tell you, it's a dead stick. It's a dead stick. But when you surrender your abilities and when you surrender your talents to the Lord, it becomes a channel of blessings whereby you are able to bless those who are around you and bless the church. Those accomplishments in your past that you continue to look at tell you it's a dead stick but when you yield it over to the Lord he is able to give you even greater things for you you see what I'm trying to make you understand is that everything we hold on is either a burden or a blessing depending on what we do with it and when we hold on to it it's a problem but when we yield it over to the Lord He is able to release that potential and bring blessing into your life. Everything you hold on to is either a hindrance in your life or a blessing in your life. Praise God. I'll finish you with this. You know, the Bible tells us that Moses climbed the mountain that day with a dead stick climbed up that mountain with a staff. That stick reminded Moses that all he will ever be was a, was a shepherd keeping another man's stick. You see, that stick was Moses' problem. The sad thing is that Moses didn't even realize it. Because Moses believed it was an indispensable part of his life. Moses never knew until he gave it over to the Lord. Until he yielded that stick in his hands to the Lord. So what are you carrying? What are you holding on to? What are the hurts and the pains and the sorrow that doesn't allow you to move forward? What is it that's keeping you from moving forward in the kingdom of God? Is there some past hurt? Is there some past sorrow? Is there some past bitterness that hinders you today? 
Is there some area in your life that you believe that you haven't arrived? Is there some talent or abilities that, that fill your heart and your mind with pride? Look at your life this morning. Analyze your life. As Paul said, examine your life. See what's holding you back. What dominates, what controls your life? Let me tell you, today is an opportunity for you to give it over to God. You see, when you hold on to it, it's a liability. But when you give it to Him, it becomes a spiritual aspect in your life. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.